Ketso Sajani on Cape Talk, your number one news and talk station. We're hiking with Tim Tim Lundy in studio as usual on a Thursday. How you doing, bro? I'm very well in yourself. I'm good. So tomorrow, Orange Clough, huh? Yeah. Hell's Gate. Hell's Gate. I Hell's mean, really. Adventure. Huh? You convincing me there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, we, we we just let's run through it because we've got other matters that we need to discuss. So, what's happening tomorrow? Yeah. So tomorrow we a whole bunch of us are going out into Orange Clough. Um, it's a permitted area, so you have to get a permit and somebody who knows the area mm-hmm. to go into it. And um, I'm that guy, so <laughs> we, I'm going to take a whole bunch of you into You might as well say, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take you guys through Orange Cliff um, Forestry area mm-hmm. and on quite an adventure. We're going to go up to an area called Hell's Gate, which is up the Dyser River. Um, I'm just hoping that the... The river's not flowing too fast, but I don't think we've had enough rain yet. Hmm. To um, where, where exactly is it? Because I also know that the the orange clove, um, rather, it's, it's got a, a tented camp as well. It does, yes. So the tented camp is right down at the bottom of Orange Clove. So if you're coming down Constantia Neck and you look to your left into that sort of valley at the back, hmm. towards the back of Table Mountain, hmm. that's Orange Clove. Okay. And it's a protected area, so and they do find people that try and go in there without a permit. Four and a half hours. Yeah, it's a quick, quick stroll. Is that is that like? <laughs> I was talking to one of the people who who is going uh, joining us, a uh, friend of mine, Thomas, and he was asking. So, wait, is it four hours there and four hours back? <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't have all day, unfortunately. <laughs> all right, um, but what we are focused on for today, and of course, if if at all you got any questions for Timmy's right here, oh two one four four six oh five six seven, tranquility cracks. Yes. What 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 do we what is that? It's some amazing names on the, on our mountains. <laughs> Find all the gems. Okay, tell us about. So that. yeah, Tranquility Cracks is up on the Twelve Apostles, mm-hmm. above Camps Bay. So when we we would start down at Camps Bay itself, um, at the the top of Camps Bay, and then you head up onto an area called the Pipe Track, which is the old pipeline running from the dams on the top of the mountain, and it runs to Clough Neck. Um, uh, water treatment plant hmm. um, and over 126 years ago they started building the pipeline and and the dams because Cape Town funnily enough was running out of water no. sounds a bit familiar doesn't it yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you walk along the pipe the pipe track and it takes you into a ravine called Selang Uli Ravine which is where the pipeline actually goes through the mountain hmm. but we all carry on to the next uh, valley which is Corridor ravine and we we climb to the top of that so this is still what we're doing tomorrow this is not what we're doing tomorrow. oh okay hey <laughs> i was gonna say okay no, no. <laughs> <laughs> then there's tranquility cracks and then i might just fall into the crack <laughs> <laughs> no we we're starting off slow so okay we're not, we, yeah tranquil and you're not quite ready for tranquility no, cracks just yet but 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 i mean the pipes that you that you talk about the setup is it still operational the the Twelve Apostles Tunnel is still um, is running, mm. and um, Clough Neck Water Treatment is still operational. Um, but the the pipeline, the original pipeline, is no longer in use. Mm-hmm. Um, in the nineteen sixties, they had to replace it because there just wasn't enough um, space, and and the pipes were were getting 
um, to the point where they needed to be replaced. Mm-hmm. So the the Twelve Apostles Tunnel, which one day I'll take you there as well, yeah, which is further up the river to from Hell's Gate, and um, I'll take you to to that special place one day as well, and um, that's still functional to this day. We're talking to Tim Landy, of course, uh, is what we do every Thursday. If you've got any questions for him, 021-446-0567. You can SMS 31567 on Twitter at Cape Talk, at Gorgetso Sachane, at Hiking Cape Town. Um, I, I want to just go through, and, and, and I like the fact that now and then we would have to recap on what we need to be ready for um, and how we should prepare. So just to go back to what's happening tomorrow and yeah. um, where we're going to be, the, the length of it, what should I prep? So what, what, what you need to, to bring is obviously something, something to eat along the way. Hmm. Um, obviously being mindful of the fact, don't bring a whole bunch of bananas and apples and, because you're going to have to carry everything. So just carry what you You need. don't have anybody carrying for us. <laughs> no. Ah, come on, Unfortunately Tim. not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not slack <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, and water is definitely uh, one of those things that you must always have. Um, mm. Whether it is water on the route or not, we always take water with us. Because if something were to happen and we were nowhere near water, mm. we still need water. And so, so water is, is always a must. Um, rain jacket, definitely bring a rain jacket tomorrow, even though it's not forecast for rain. Um, but this is Cape Town, so weather can change, and we have sort of sub um, hmm. systems within within the mountains that you know one place is going to be sunny, another place can be raining. So, and then he wondered as he runs through his cupboard <laughs> if there is a rain jacket in I've there. Got, I've got five. I'll All right, no, one. yeah, bring one. <laughs> <laughs> the the other day somebody was was uh, we were talking about umbrellas uh, you know and I don't I don't even have one uh, you know <laughs> I'll bring a rain jacket All right, don't cool. worry um yeah and then a warm top mm-hmm. because where we're going a lot of the time we're going to be in shade mm. so if tomorrow at at o'clock it's going to be probably 9 10 degrees um, that's nice yeah yeah that's <laughs> nice Ooh, yeah <laughs> so snug <laughs> Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're probably gonna be in sort of eight, eight, nine degrees to start mm-hmm. with, which is starting to get into that sort of comfort zone <laughs> where it gets a little uncomfortable. But you, if you're prepared for it, then, then you're fine. And then obviously a, a decent pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, because the ground at the moment all around the mountains is very, very slippery, which actually brings me to the other point of what's happened in the last week or so. There's been, yeah. um, Two rescues. There's actually one going on right now, which I see was in the in the papers already, um, with a chap that's um, in the mountains. Um, as we speak. As we speak, yeah. So they they're unable to to airlift him out um, because of the weather conditions. It's amazing though, because almost every every time that we speak, it's either something has happened yeah. or something is happening, which highlights how frequent. It yes. happened. Well, that's why I bring it up because because people just don't realize how many rescues. I mean, th- this is rescue number three since we last spoke a week ago. Hmm. So it, it it happens a lot, and I'd just like to try and bring awareness to you know when when you're going to go out in the kind of conditions that we yeah. we've got now, 
it can be very, very tricky. And if at all you, you, you missed out on the, the conversations that, that we have had, they are available um, on, on our um, uh, ktalk.co.za and uh, the show's uh, podcast, because we, we did actually speak at length with Tim about um, what actually is involved, uh, who is involved, the teams that are involved in a mountain rescue and um, how important it is for us to just be mindful uh, because a lot of people also, most importantly, Tim, risk their own lives in yeah. going to rescue other people. Yeah, these WASA volunteers are, are putting their own lives at, at risk to go out and and, and save the, the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think if we can try and bring more awareness about how how it happened, how often it happens. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the times, you know, it's... Some of the times it's it's experts that have been in the mountains for years and years and a and a rock falls away and they slip and they hurt themselves or they they injure themselves quite badly. Mm. So it's not you can be as experienced as you want to be. Yeah. Accidents happen. It's not because yeah, I think that's a very important point to make because it's not about um anybody's negligence. I mean exactly. we need to be mindful yeah. of what we're doing and how we're doing it and don't in any way uh underestimate um the mountain. Yeah. But also Accidents do happen. Accidents do happen, but um, I always say to people that the accidents start happening when we get a little bit too complacent, mm. you know, and especially at this time of the year when weather gets a little bit dodgy, um, you've got to you've got to be on your toes. You've really got to be mindful of of the areas that you're going through. Um, and one of the things that I often do is I, I get people to to talk to each other. So you'll see tomorrow when we we're hiking tomorrow. I will I will constantly be doing a head count. I'll be constantly watching what everybody's doing. Um and, and we keep talking to each other and I will notice if, if somebody's behavior starts to change in a way that I'm not comfortable with. Mm. Okay. What what is the, the in a in a in a hiking party, what is the responsibility that we have to each other i mean you leading and you're looking out for for others and noticing a change in behavior but what what is the responsibility of those that are on uh, uh, who are part of the hiking party i would look i would say the responsibility is for for everybody to to look out for each other um so often when when we're walking and you step on a rock that is a little bit loose Hmm. let everybody behind you know about it because if, if one of them does step on that rock and that rock comes away, there's a chance it may come down and actually come from behind and, and hit you from behind. So it's it's always good to just keep an eye out mm. and, and communicate with, with everybody within the party. Let them know when, when there's a a loose rock or you know, something sharp sticking out of the ground. Mm. Um it's important, you know. We 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 out there to to look after each other, and the more we do that, the the safer we can be. Because also, you, one can be too obsessed with you know taking a selfie when you should be focused on where <laughs> exactly, you're going. Exactly. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't be like, I want to live stream <laughs> <laughs> Facebook Live while walking. This yeah. is where we are. You know. I mean, one one, one one can joke about that, but it's 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 very important because a lot of people we 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 live in a in a, in a type of world where we want to capture every single moment, and mm. and one might be on a walk. Um, or a hike and then see something beautiful and suddenly you want to include other people but then you're losing sight of where you are and your surroundings and those around you. No, absolutely. So if if people do want to take selfies or they want to 
stop and take pictures. That's I'm I'm all up for that. Get gets gives me a chance to get my breath back. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, if if you're going to take pictures, um, don't walk, walk and, and take pictures because mm. you've got to be watching where your feet are all the time. We're hiking with uh, Tim Landy. That is what we do every Thursday. Join the conversation. Oh two one four four six oh five six seven. A couple of uh, your SMSs. Somebody saying, "Why is it called Hell's Gate?" It's a very good question. I haven't actually found the answer to that yet. Because it is such a beautiful place. If that's what hell is, then hell is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's um, yeah. I, it's a question that has been asked before, and I've never actually really come up with the answer as to why it's Hell's Gate. I'll try and figure it out tomorrow. You, you'll see. Um, a message also: um, How big was Orange Clove Forest a century ago, and is it similar to Southern Cape Forest? Uh, Orange Clove Forest, I would say, is pretty much what it was. Um, thousand years ago um, and that's one of the reasons why sand parks are continuing to try and keep it as protected as it is mm. um, to try and keep it as natural as possible because around the city we do the urban sprawls keeps calling up um, and we're losing that kind of um, vegetation mm. so it's a very unique area and um, there's a lot of plant life in there that some of it will grow within that area and nowhere else in Tabern Mountain. Yeah. We, we of course, uh, will be uh, walking Orange Clough uh, tomorrow, and you've mentioned, Tim, about the the fact that it is a protected space. I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, the idea of this tented camp that they do have. Is it um, located you know, at the beginning of, of the hike, or is it... And, and, I, and I, I'm asking this for those who... I interested in, in going to camp out there because it looks amazing and I, I is, just want to see it beautiful. for myself. Um, and, and I know they're very strict about when and how they allow people there, but yeah. is it a hike and then the camp or is it ac you, easily accessible? You, you can basically you can go onto the sand parks website. Um, they've part of what used to be part of the Huri Kwaka trail, which would go from Cape point all the way through to Tabern mountain. Hmm. Um, unfortunately during the fires two years ago, um, silver mine burnt down mm. and they're, they're not going to replace it as, as far as I know um, so what you used to have to do is book out a five day trail and you used to have to that was the only way that you could actually stay in them um, but I, I think they found it wasn't viable so they now allow people to actually book them individually mm. so there's even ones that maybe we'll organize ones when I eventually get you to the top of the mountain there's there's a one that's called the Overseer's Hut, which is also fantastic. And Where is so, that? That is just near De Villiers Dam, which is sort of above um, Kirstenbosch Gardens area. Um, so, and that at night, that looks over the whole city in like the Cape Flats, and it is a, a sight to behold because it's it's really special. You've got all the lights of the whole city glowing below you. Ooh. I just did a quick search now. It looks beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And then again, um, Tim, one is reminded of all these beautiful, um, beautiful places uh, that one hardly accesses or, or accesses or because we don't know about it. Yeah. And we don't think that we can actually get there. Yeah. No, there is the majority of the mountain is accessible to everybody. And I think that's one of the. The things that is so nice about hiking is that you don't have to pay a huge fee to get in and go and go and hike. You can plan a route and, and go and do it, and it's um, quite cost cost effective. It's the equipment that that 
costs. But mm. once you've got that equipment, you set up. We're talking to Tim Lundy. Join the conversation. 31567 is the SMS line at 11 minutes to 10. Um, remember also that in the second hour of the show, we'll be recapping on some of the uh, international stories and also uh, a very interesting piece um, by uh, Mondli Zondi, who's a Mandela Washington fellow, um, saying that we need to thank Batabile Lamini. That's the Minister of Social Development. And you might wonder, what do we need to thank? Uh, for, but Mondli has got a very interesting take on Batabile Lamini. Cape Talk, SMS Kikezo now on 31567. Eight minutes to ten. Uh, Tim Landy still with us. We are hiking with uh, Tim Landy. Let's, let's jump back to what you were uh, talking about earlier on, um, Tim. Tranquility cracks and... Uh, uh, I was just looking at some of the images, and, and that's really what it is. Eh? Yeah. Like you, you, essentially just going through certain cracks in the mountain, and there's amazing, amazing waterfalls as well that I'm seeing, and incredible views, obviously. Great views, yeah. And um, it becomes very mystical, especially when the mist mist comes in. Mm. Um, if you know where you're going, yeah, <laughs> then it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic walk. Which which we will do, but tell us a bit more about about this and I mean about what is on offer. You spoke earlier on about um, the the pipes that that are there from back in the day, some of the dams. Mm. Uh, there's a whole lot more to see. So yeah, once once you finished at the at Tranquility Cracks and um, had a bit of a lunch and, and admired the view, you then head back to the Twelve Apostles Path and then you head in the direction of Table Mountain, and you'll get to an intersection where there is the old railway line which used to service. The, the building of the dams, which when you're walking on the Twelve Apostles, you'll see the dams. And the first one was Woody um, Woodhead Dam. Hmm. And after Woodhead Dam, they then realized, I mean, it took them something like four years to build it. And they realized very quickly that while they were building it, it wasn't going to be enough. Hmm. So they then built Healy Hutchinson behind it. And once they were finished, I think it was 1907. So from 1887 to 1907, they were building these five dams to try and supply the city with water. And those dams are still functional today, so they still use those dams for city water. Um, obviously, they play a much smaller role. Um, when I was up there a couple of weeks ago, the dams were actually flowing. Um, you know, we had that quite heavy rain, mm. and the dams were pretty much close to full. That is so incredible, and this is all on top on, on the mountain. Yep, all on top of the mountain. So when you when you... Get to that railway line. If you, you would turn left, you would go to where the old cable car is. Um, and obviously there's nothing really left of the cable car except the, the foundations of the upper cable station, which was all hand-carved rock. Hmm. So stonemasons would have actually built all of that. And when you start looking around the site, you'll see where the old post office was and where the, the old shop was. Because when you're building a dam for four years, you pretty much can't keep on going up and down the mountain every yeah. day in, in the 1890s. So that at some point there was just a whole community there and life there. Yeah, exactly. So there was a whole bunch of people up that, you, that you lived up there. You speak of a, of a railway line. Um, so was it connected lower down? I mean, how did that No, work? so from what they would do is they would bring up whatever equipment or things that they needed from down below from the city, from the sort of the camp's base side. And they would then bring it up in a tiny little... Um, car which i mean as we know cable cars now the the table mountain cable car now holds 65 people mm. back then it held two people so it was literally like the size of a big bucket 
and they would then bring up bits and pieces as the, as and when they needed it. And then they would put it on the railway line. But, of course, you need a train. Mm. So how do you get the train to the top of the mountain? Mm. And when they brought the train from Scotland where it was made, the steam train, they realized very quickly they're going to actually have to dismantle the whole steam train and take it up piece by piece. What? (laughs) And get it up there and rebuild it at the top. And then that steam train eventually was able to then transport stuff from the cable station to where they were building the dams. Mm. So each one of those blocks that they built the dams with, and I mean the blocks are the size of a small car, some some of the blocks, um, and and weigh an enormous amount of of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, They would then use the steam train. And if you go up to the dams, there's actually a a museum that Terence Timoney actually started. Um, And I was fortunate enough to meet him before he passed. And he took us up to to go and have a look. And so there's a lot of artifacts and stuff in the museum that they used over 126 years ago. Yeah. Build those dams. A message, um, a question rather, from Dumisane in Paro saying, please ask him if he has hiked uh, below Punt in Montague. If he has, how long did he take? I did um, recently, actually, in March. Um, we, we hiked up. I think it took us four and a half hours to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a thousand meter climb, so it's it's pretty much going from sea level to the top of Table Mountain um, in four and a half hours. It's a it's quite a long journey to get to the top, um, and by the time we were finished, it was nine hours, and I think I had no less than seven blisters on my feet. What? <laughs> yeah, it was a tough walk. Uh, the, the views are spectacular from up there. You you get to see um, Montague, Ashton. Robertson, Bonnyvale, um, McGregor. Yeah, you get to see the whole lot. Well, d- tomorrow um, is on. I mean, there the, are a number of us who are doing um, Orange Clove. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I think that we what, what has been happening over time, thanks to you, <laughs> um, is slowly, slowly getting into into it um and and i look uh, just from the images again just of tranquility cracks i think mm. i want i want to see it yeah i want to be there um, no, are we allowed to swim in the dams um unfortunately you're not allowed to swim in the dams um oh. people do swim in the dams but if you do get caught by sandbox you do get fined so oh, man. it it is kind of um i think the reason they do it is so that not everybody goes up and then you've got everyone swimming, yeah suddenly you've, got a, and drinking suddenly you've got a pool party <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, Tim Landy, thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter tomorrow. I will try uh, res- um, responsibly to take photos and, and, and yeah. tweet as much as we can at Gogetsu Sachane at um, Hiking Cape Town. Lizo van der Verstezen is also going to be um, one of the people, at least, uh, one of our colleagues from um, uh, She's KFM. Is, she's is promised to, to go there. gently on us. Yeah, no, she did. And <laughs> you can she's been so excited. She's been tweeting yes. nonstop. Like this is the the thing that I've always wanted to do since yeah. moving to Cape Town. So um her Twitter handle of course is Liesel V. Uh, that is Liesel V. She has been tweeting about this and uh, it's bound to be an interesting day tomorrow. Yeah, we've got mm-hmm. a great bunch of people and great great walks. So yeah. it'll it'll be I have to wait, wake up in, in the morning because we must what, report for duty at 8 o'clock. Tim Landy, thank you very much. Follow him on Twitter um, at Hiking Cape Town. Um, and that's where you can get a hold of him as well.